and welcome to the Wealth Enterprise Briefing. Hi, everyone. This is Michael Zerner, one of the managing partners at We Family Offices. In today's edition, I'm joined by Matt Farrell, our Director of Investments, with a particular focus on private markets. And Matt and I are going to talk a little bit about the venture capital space, uh, what's gone on in the last year, uh, what we've learned from that experience, and what uh, investors should take away as they think about investing in venture capital and private investments more generally going forward. Welcome, Matt. Hello. Nice to join you again. So, Matt, let's let's step all the way back. It's been a tough year uh, for venture capital, not only for the companies that are trying to raise capital and need capital, but for investors who are putting money to work, and in particular, investors who put money to work in uh, 21 and 22 uh, at what turns out to have been what looks like peak valuations. Can you, can you walk us through sort of what's happened, uh, and and then we'll go forward from there? Sure. I, I think we should just look at the data and, you know, I'll throw out a couple of statistics, but um, per Cambridge data, we see just in the year of 2022 valuations or, or performance was down about 22 and a half percent from Q1 2022 through Q1 2023, um, i.e. the last five quarters, venture capital was down about 23 percent. That's pretty substantial. And then previously, I think we talked about just valuations in general. Um, some data is suggesting down upwards of 60%. Uh, so a massive reset in valuations has have occurred over the past year and a half. Okay. And and so what do we, when we look through that and we sort of try to find the signal and the noise, right? What, what do investors, what should investors take away and what lessons learned uh, from that massive reset and dislocation? Yeah, I think initially it's it's quite the sticker shock and understandably so. But I think you, as always in these situations, you just need to zoom out and, and have some perspective. So I think what would be helpful is to look at another event in history where we saw you know large valuation resets. And that's probably during the global financial crisis uh, back in 2009. And uh, what we see when you look at the data, um, and this is just median IRR, internal rate of return numbers for venture capital, what you saw is the vintages leading up to the GFC. So, you know, 05 through 08 ish, um, you know, the median IRRs are unimpressive, but they're still positive. So we're talking, you know, three to 9% or so. So not the type of performance that you expect from venture capital, but all things considered uh, going through a global financial crisis to come out positive is, is not too bad. And then what you see as, as you proceed through the GFC and even post GFC, you see numbers um, starting in 2010 get back to double digits and reach that you know high teens in terms of IRR in the 2011 2012 vintages. So I think the takeaway here is that you know even though there's some sticker shock whenever you're investing in venture, you know your long duration, your your long time, and 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 uh, so there's plenty of time for the market to to reset and go higher. And looking at prior crises, you know you ended up okay on the median side. And I would add on top of that, um, as we always say, manager selection is imperative in the space. And so before I just gave you median numbers, but if you look at top quartile and top decile numbers, so the top 25% or top 10% in performance during those years. Um, so again, referencing 2004, five and six, they were still achieving 20s, 23%, 18%. Um, so it's still outperformance with, with the top performing managers. Conversely, if you look at the the bottom decile, 
you have a chance to to really lose significant amount of money looking downwards of minus 18 to to 20 percent so manager selection is key so matt i hear two things in that one is you have to be with the right manager that's your manager selection point and ideally you'll be with with managers who you have confidence can deliver top quartile uh, types of returns because of the persistence right that managers who tend to do that in one vintage year tend to repeat that very different than the public markets uh and two uh is that even if you have a disappointing year in terms of vintage like anybody who invested in 2007 right or 2008 vintages had very painful moments you know 2 years in 3 years in but 10 years later right at least got a positive return and if they were with a top quartile manager uh, significantly positive, uh, and you really have to stick with it through every vintage year, which which takes me uh, to my third question, uh, which is, okay, so here we are in 2023. The damage we think has been done, we hope has been complete, you know, has been finished. Um, it's important, from what I heard you say, for investors to say, you know, committed to the asset class and make commitments in 2023. Um, but what advice would you have uh, for how to think about making venture capital commitments from here forward? And how do you put that in the context of a broader private investment portfolio more broadly uh, as they do so? Sure. I, I think the point, as we saw with the data I referenced before, investing through periods of crises and, and uh, valuation resets, uh, allows you to outperform. Uh, and so it's important to invest every year because it's it's very, very difficult to time the market. Uh, if you look at historical uh, returns for venture capital, it's highly dependent on vintage. You know, some some vintage years are just um, hitting upwards of you know 40% for the top desktop managers, whereas some are in the single digits back in 1999, right? So see, the idea is just to uh, not try to time the market and invest in every vintage year. And over the long run, uh, you know, when you take the holistic portfolio view, it, you should outperform and history suggests that. And secondly, I think uh, with venture, it's important to size appropriately. And, you know, in prior episodes, we've talked about private portfolio construction, but, you know, when you look at data comparing venture capital to just standard PE, or in this context, just leveraged buyouts or LBOs, you just contrast the historical returns and there are a few interesting takeaways. And it's just just that what I was just saying, you know, kind of the holy grail in venture capital is to reach that top decile in returns. And, you know, I mentioned north of 40% net IRR, net, net of a three times uh, multiple invested capital. But it's very difficult to do. That's the top decile. And man, so manager selection is key. And if not, venture isn't that attractive if, if you don't have the, these top performing managers. So when you contrast that with private equity, you know, the top quartile of private equity and the top quartile of venture capital are largely the same. It's really when you get to that top decile of venture capital that you you achieve outperformance. So I think the point here is that uh, you need to, while I think it makes sense to take some of these bets in venture capital, and, and again, manager, manager selection is key, I think you need to construct the portfolio appropriately such that you're blending that with some private equity. And the reasons, other than what I just mentioned for performance, are, are a couple. Uh, one would be just duration or timing to liquidity. So with venture capital, you're investing in companies that are less mature, 
Um, they may not even have revenue or, you know, certainly not profitable, just less mature companies. So the average time to liquidity is, you know, seven plus years. When you contrast that with a, a LBO transaction, these are generally more mature companies. You know, they're profitable. You know, the playbook by managers is really just operational improvement and, and, and value add. And um, so therefore, since they're more mature companies, the average time to liquidity is only four years. And so those are just two completely liquidity spectrums and risk return objectives. And so you need both. And so portfolio diversification is, is the message here. As, as is always the message with smart uh, and effective investing. Well, Matt, thanks very much. That was very insightful and look forward to talking to you again soon on a future podcast. Okay. Thank you.